Hey, y'all, I'm going to take a second to give a quick shout out to the official mortgage lender of the Hunt Lift Eat podcast. That's Casey Burns of Prime Lending Mortgage. I've known Casey for 10 years, and he's the only lender I use. I've used Casey to purchase two houses, and the process has been seamless and easy each time. He's the heart of an educator, and he truly cares about what's best for his clients. He specializes in VA loans, but can handle FHA, conventional investment loans as well. He's a true expert and specialist in his field, and there's no one I recommend more than Casey. You can contact Casey at casey.burns at primelending.com, reach him by phone at 919-710-1864. You can also check out all his reviews at www.closewithcasey.com. Thanks, y'all. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast. This is Perry hosting this week, taking over the reins from Carter because he's sick of it. Joined by Carter, my little kid brother, Evan, and a special guest, Tyler. Tyler, I don't even know where you're out of, man. Introduce yourself to the listeners and give us a little bit of background and tell folks where you are. What's up, everybody? You've seen me on a handful of podcasts. It's Tyler. Uh, I'm, I'm in Montana right now. So, yeah, I've been on the, the Tuesday Tips, the Four-Legged Frenzy podcast. Uh, just going to give you some some cool turkey talk this, this afternoon. So, pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks for jumping on, man. Shows you how much I know you. I forgot about that Tips episode, so... Appreciate you coming back. <laughs> yeah, no Full transparency. I have not listened to that episode yet, so fuck me, right? Okay, we're not friends. I got it. How's it going, Carter? What you been into, man? Oh, man. Just uh, reeling from the success of the Turkey Woods in Virginia two weeks ago. Still basking in the glory from that great getaway weekend that I had with you fellows up there in the mountains. Um, uh, we're going to pack that story tonight, but yeah fantastic trip life's good rounding out the school year ready for summer uh about to switch gears to fishing here in georgia i think turkey season's winding down so if i can't get one more we're gonna see uh if the stripers are running the river here soon what about you evan what's going on man about the same man just absolutely loving turkey season also hating turkey season because it's turkeys and it's fucking hard (laughs) um but i'm having a i'm having a good season had some good luck so far and um, I was able to take a, a week off and I had my kid and brought my daughter out to the Turkey Woods with me a few times. And so that was fantastic. And then, so it's been good, man. I can't complain a bit. It's been, it's been really good for me. Glad you turkey boys have had a good turkey season because it's been a fucking another frustrating one for me. Yeah. When we get into the story here in a second, Perry was kind enough to let me shoot his, uh, his turkey. So, you know, I, I don't feel bad about it, but I, I, I will uh, admit that I did shoot the turkey. He probably probably should have blasted well hell carter based off how his season went anyway he just would have missed it regardless so (laughs) it's a good thing you shot it (laughs) yeah no kidding man yeah it's hard to argue with that (laughs) let's jump right into it boys should we start uh west coast to east coast yeah sounds good to me you're up tyler all right uh so which one do you want to hear about do you want to hear about hunting in the snow which was awful or do you want to hear about the pb abate black rifle coffee hunt fish conservation camp that i just came back from why don't you give us a quick little rundown of kind of the conservation and and guided hunts that you were you were kind of a part of if that's even the right terminology on my part um tell us about the organizations a little bit how you got involved and kind of their mission statement because it sounds like a, a phenomenal opportunity and really really cool yeah so um with the pb abate and brcc so pb abate is a free to offer program uh to the big sky country from basically the 
the patrol base is out of Thompson Falls, Montana, but it's uh, that whole program is just to honor the legacy of Sergeant Matthew Abate, who was uh, killed in action in uh, Sangin. He was a Marine. So um, a lot of the three, five guys are in this, this program and they just put a, uh, they put a couple, like they have a a hunting camp, a a fight camp, a cooking camp, a book reading camp. And so it's just like a 5013C for all eligible veterans to come out and reconnect um, in the community within what you like. So obviously um, I'm more of like the, the hunting aspect of that camp. So uh, I get to reach out to veterans, like, like-minded like veterans who want to learn how to turkey hunt or do Western hunts and things like that. So um, that was this couple weeks ago or this past weekend, two weekends ago, excuse me. And uh, basically you go out there and it's not a guided hunt. It's a, just a me- like I'm just a mentor. So basically these guys come out and, and girls come out and they go, yep, we want to, you know, we got turkey tags or whatever. And what I do is with a handful of other mentors is we go out. Um, and kind of teach them the turkey woods, you know, what they're, how they call or what to look for, little tactics, setting up decoys. Um, and in the process, you know, you're giving back to the community, but also you get to hunt. And I get to see some really cool things and some people shoot their first birds. And I mean, I've called in three or four birds this year with other people and I haven't killed one. And I think it's more, I, I have more fun watching people shoot their first birds than me shooting turkeys. Like, don't get me wrong, I like to shoot turkeys too, but man, watching like somebody coming from the East coast, come out to Montana and all they can talk about is look at these mountains and look how beautiful it is up here. And then go through that struggle and that grind of just finding turkeys and getting them to gobble and explaining to them, you know, that their eyesight's crazy and they can hear very well. And when it all comes together and everybody's just super excited and fun, um, it's just a hell of a time and it's a great organization. And then black rifle coffee hunt fish camp or hunt fish conservation camp. They kind of do the same thing. Um, they link up with PB Abate and they do, you know, so basically I was the mentor through BRCC and then we were connected to uh, PB Abate. But um, do you want to hear about like the, one of the turkeys that we did kill there or? Oh, we want to hear about all the turkeys, man. <laughs> all of them. Okay. Um, so the first day, uh, second Lieutenant, I believe uh, she's a female. Um in the Marines, she shot the, a, a nice bird, but the, the bird that we ended up killing, a friend of mine, Sam, she's also a lieutenant in the Marines. We, we go to this spot where two guys had already killed. They doubled up on some really nice toms, and they said there's a flock of turkeys, about 80 of them, and they we didn't get them this morning, so we think you guys should go back in there. So we go in there. It's like 2.30, maybe 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm calling, I'm doing everything. I'm just glassing these fields. And I'm like, there's not a freaking turkey around here, dude. These guys are lying. They scared them away. I don't know what the deal is. And so we're sitting on the edge of this field and I happen to see some deer feeding on the other side of the field. And so I just like, you know, looking at deer glassing, just trying to pass the time, thinking I would hear a gobble at some point. And all of a sudden I just see a hen's head pop up. And I'm like, okay, well, if there's a hen over there, I'm sure there's going to be a couple of them or at least some toms. So I grabbed Sam and the photographer with us and I said, Hey, let's, let's go to the edge there. And I I started glassing into like the side of this. I don't don't even know if it was a house or somebody's like greenhouse, whatever it was. And there was, (laughs) there was probably like 10 toms, 25 hands. Like there was birds fucking everywhere. And I was like, okay. So we get to the corner of this field and I, and where they were, we couldn't hunt it, but where they looked like they wanted to come back to their roost, they had to cross into the field that we were going to, that we could hunt. 
So I told Sam, you know, there's like a hundred yards to this along the fence line. I said, there's a pine tree up there. Let's army crawl all the way up there. And I'm talking low crawl, face in the dirt, some real bullshit work for turkeys. And I mean, hats off to her. She just low crawled all the way up there, got to this, this pine tree. And I'm like, Hey, as soon as they come over, like blast that Turkey. Well, they all decided to go all the way back around to where we were originally to come across the fence. I'm like these bastards. So I, uh, I was like, well, you better low crawl back. So we low crawled back again to the corner and uh, we were watching them in the adjacent field and they were coming across this, this other fence where that we could hunt. And I was like, okay, I was like, we're just going to have to ambush them. There, there's too many birds. We're not going to be able to pull a bird off that flock to any decoys or calls. They don't care. So uh, we ended up getting into a spot. And I was like, the first time that hops that fence, blast him. So head pops out. And I was like, no. And then, yeah, Tom, Tom pops that little or climbs underneath the fence and boom, smacks him. So uh, it, was a, it was a great opportunity. It was a lot of fun. And just, you know. Waking up at four, going to bed at midnight, talking, and just it's a couple of days of that, and you're, you're pretty. Yeah, man, that's a good way to get to get smoked. But turkey hunting, it sounds like you know, same story everywhere. A lot of highs, a lot of lows. So you have those high high moments that make it totally worth it. Was that her first turkey? You said no. This was her second uh, turkey from Montana. So she was a part of the original. Uh, she's actually the captain of the PB Abate Hunt Club. So she cool. was, she got the first bird last year in camp. And then, uh, this year she got uh, a nice bird as well. Two, two toms. And, uh, yeah, we ended up killing, I think a total of eight or nine birds in, in a span of three or something days. You know, guys were just having a hell of a time telling stories and some guys, you know, had never hunted before, never killed turkeys. So, you know, you got these grins from veterans who just figured they'd have to do it on their own and they get an opportunity to hunt with people who kind of know what they're doing and just, just do a lot of cool things. And it was a lot of fun. That sounds like a good time, man. I uh, it's definitely on my bucket list to make it out west and chase some Miriams. But that that sounds like a a great trip. I'm sure. Are you? Do you plan on doing that in the future? Is that something that's going to be a sustain for you going forward? Yeah. So um, as long as they continue to have the camps, you know, it's just it's. I don't get paid to do it. I just I enjoy hunting. So I just want to get out there and especially you know as a veteran um, to give back a little bit. You know, I get to do what I love. I get to show the people that have fought by me side by side in the, in the ranks. And then, you know, we get to go out and do what I love and they get to show them a passion that I grew up doing. So, um, and there's just something about turkey hunting. You know, there's, everybody says, oh, turkeys are stupid. But man, when you're hunting them in the wild, there's, they're a lot smarter than you think. And they, they will win 90% of the time they will win. So uh, it's always just good to get some veterans out there and, and blast some toms. Tell us about the trip in the snow. Was that like early season out there or was that just an anomaly or is that just part of tur- hunting turkeys in Montana? Oh man, I'm going to tell you that had to, that was the first time I had hunted turkeys in the snow and I thought it was going to be really cool. I was like, damn, this is going to be sick. We could probably track some turkeys. They're going to be gobbling. I don't know why I had this like huge idea that it was going to be a great day because my girlfriend ended up shooting a bird the day before and we went back to the same spot because there was birds all over. And uh, we get out there and I'm, I'm just thinking like, hell yeah, this is going to be dope. It sucked. I'm not going to lie to you. It sucks. <laughs> it was it was like it snowed and then it was like sleep bullshit. I'm soaked head to toe. Nothing's gobbling. We're walking around. I was just like, what? I just got to the point. I'm like, you know what? Fuck them. I'm out of here. This is dumb. Dude, you put something on your Instagram story. 
and it was like this picturesque like beautiful montana snow and you were in the woods and i was like dude that's so cool like that's my dream i want to hunt I don't, we don't get to hunt in the snow here and you were like it's bullshit period and that's all he said and i was like oh yeah it's like oh that's exactly how he feels about this <laughs> it's it looks you know they all say it you know the social media is very deceiving on that day it was a very cool picture you know through the through the pine trees but as far as productivity when it comes to turkey hunting it was a waste of time i didn't gain any information on where the birds were I didn't see a freaking track. I did see one hen and she saw us way before because I don't have snow camo. So I'm like walking around in like brown pants and green tops or whatever. And I'm just like, okay, this is literally a waste of time. What are we doing out here? <laughs> so does the snow make them quiet? Is that what you found? Just completely silent? Yeah, I found that, um, yeah, I found that, that snow, I, I think, you know, harsh weather in general makes them quiet. Um, the rain, I, I, I've hunted them in the rain a couple times and it just seems like they don't respond very well um and the snow you know that one time i hunted in the snow it could have been you know maybe she shot a bird in that area the same uh, the same week and they're just quiet but uh you know a lot of buddies i did talk to about hunting around this area they're like yeah man they're just they're all holed up in an area and and they're just not talking well tyler perry and i can uh, share in your misery a little bit for hunting turkeys in the snow because opening day for us man it was it was bizarre, just out of nowhere. I mean, it was pretty cold and it was windy. And then it just started. I mean, it was a whiteout. It was a legitimate whiteout. There's a ridge in front of our cabin at 300 yards. We have a shooting target at 300 yards. And you couldn't see that target, man. You couldn't see that ridge. It was snowing so hard. And this was, you know, opening day of turkey season. It was just blowing snow. It was insane. Especially coming in, like, I don't know if you guys get a lot of snow. You're, you said you're from Virginia, so... You know, I know that here in Montana, it, the springtime, it can be four different seasons all at once, but that's very uncommon for you guys to get that much snow that late anyways. Yeah, it's definitely uncommon to be that, to get snow that late. We get a decent amount of snow, nothing like y'all, you know what I mean? But then it was crazy. Like you say, the four seasons, that, what was it, Perry, 10 minutes after it stopped snowing, the sun's out shining and it warmed up probably 15 degrees and then all the snow melts within 20 minutes you know it was <laughs> it was the most bipolar hour i've ever seen in my life when you guys had that that break in weather when it got really sunny did you happen to see like more activity on the turkeys like gobbles hear anything no it was still really windy um and it was afternoon and so in virginia that part of the season early season in virginia um you can only hunt until noon so the hunt was over for us anyway we were just honestly we were back and we had some lunch and decided to start a fire because it was pretty chilly um and then it just started dumping snow on us <laughs> while we were sitting around the fire it's pretty funny my daughter fell asleep sitting by the fire and it's like dumping snow and so i get a blanket and cover her up and like she's got you know a quarter inch of snow on this blanket draped over her head and she's just snoozing away <laughs> windy snowstorm hell yeah did your girlfriend end up killing one in the snow tyler no, that was the day prior. So, okay. um, yeah, we, we didn't, I didn't think we were going to get that much snow. And like I said, I thought it was going to be really cool, but, um, 10 out of 10 wouldn't recommend hunting them in the snow. It sucks. I don't know. <laughs> you mentioned that they sometimes shut up after a shot. Are these birds that you're hunting is, are they pretty highly pressured? I mean, are they used to a bunch of hunters or, I mean, what's the situation? Um, I, I would so the, the piece that I, I usually hunt. To be honest with you, I hunt a lot of turkeys on private just because I try to get the the birds that are not 
getting shot at at 60 yards and just blown out of these areas. But uh, this one piece I do like to hunt, I know the gentleman allows, I think, a handful of hunters. Now, I've only seen two other vehicles there, uh, but it's a 150-acre piece, so it's a good-sized piece. And usually if there's somebody parked there, I just don't even hunt it. But uh, I don't know if it's because, you know, like the the snowy day that we hunted, we didn't hear anything, was because the, the day prior she had shot one in pretty close to the same area. Um, but those birds do get pressured. They get pressured by me. You know, I make a lot of mistakes just like everybody else. So, uh, you know, those toms, they get smart real quick and they go, oh, I know that sound. We're out of here. Well, Carter, you want to jump in and tell us your Virginia adventures? You want to go first for the East Coast fellas here? We got a good story, don't we, Perry? Oh, yeah. I got a couple good stories, but I'll, <laughs> I'll wait my turn. <laughs> well, please uh, fill in wherever I you know, leave anything out. But yeah, y'all were kind enough to invite me up to the farm. Was it two weekends ago? Wasn't that long ago. Two weekends ago. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> yeah. And dude, sad story about my fans. I had them salt curing in my shop and uh, one of my barn cats or a raccoon or something came in and took them and they're gone. Gone. Gone forever. Damn. Yeah, what in the world, man? Yeah. Heartbroken. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Time to shoot was... some barn cats and raccoons. Dude, I was furious. Yeah, I was going to say, time to get some traps out. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I, I set up a trail camera. And the, I have a cat door leading into my shop. That's the only time I ever see the cats, but we're going to get to the bottom of this. That was heartbreaking. But anyways, came up to the farm to hunt with you guys. We quickly realized that it was going to be raining the next morning, which was fantastic. And I was there for less than 48 hours. And we had we came to the conclusion we were all going to hunt regardless um, at this point in time. Uh, I'm experienced enough to know always pack your rain gear uh regardless and you know i wasn't planning on hunting in the rain but brought it anyways so that night when i got there we ran and set up a blind on top of one of the ridges um where uh, evan and perry y'all had been seeing some activity so we went and set up a blind that perry and i were gonna go sit in the next morning uh rain or shine that's where that's where we were gonna go but at least we'd be out of the rain a little bit um and so Perry, we, uh, Perry and I climbed the surprisingly steep hill. I was, I was a little winded once we got to that, to that blind. It really surprised Dude, me. That hill's deceiving. You look at it from the cabin and you're like, that's not that far. We'll just run up there. And you get up there like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, I started stripping layers in the blind. I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to catch my breath. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was raining. It was full blown raining. It was wet. Um, and as soon as sun came up, we, I mean, as soon as sun came out, we, we started hearing gobbles, right? Yeah. We started hearing those ones, um, sounding off like directly behind us. Basically there's a, there's a bottom. So there's a, we're on one Ridge kind of on the, on the Western side. There's a, there's a bottom that kind of runs North to South through the, the property there. And then there's a kind of another Ridge on the Eastern side and, um, Evan had decided to just kind of sit at the cabin for the first little while and listen in the rain and see what he heard. And we started hearing those sound off and texted Evan. He was like, yeah, I'm, I'm headed that way. Yeah. And for everybody listening, it was raining enough where I was like, this is a total wash. Like uh, this is, 
I'm just going to hang out with Perry in a blind. <laughs> in a blind. We're just going to hold hands in the blind and hang out, tell each other stories. And uh, I just chalked that morning up to a loss, um, which is fine, too. It's like not the whole reason for the trip, but it was raining hard enough where I, I was trying to manage my expectations early on. And uh, we get up there and we sit around for a long time and all the gobbles sound like these turkeys are firing off. Your rear property's covered up in turkeys. And it sounds like Evan is in the middle of the damn Normandy beach landing surrounded by turkeys, man. It just, it was insane. Well, bro, I was, it was, yeah. I mean, when y'all texted me, cause I slept in a little cause of the rain. And then when y'all texted me, I was, you know, quite literally putting my pants on. And I, once I got up there, I, I got into, I mean, I had turkeys all over me and it was, it was amazing. And at the same time, it was so infuriating because I could tell they were hinned up because I could hear hens and I positioned myself right behind this little piece of micro terrain and they were right on the backside to where Perry ended up, was able to get eyes on him from his position. He snuck out of the back of the blind because they didn't, y'all didn't have any luck. And I was like, hey, man, can you like see where these turkeys are? Because how long was it, guys? I mean, it was a long time. And we were texting back and forth where those birds were sounding off. But I, I kept telling y'all, like, they're right there. I can tell they're right there. They just won't crest. If they crested that hill, they would have been in shotgun range. But Yeah, at about 9, <clears throat> probably 9 o'clock to 9.30, Perry and I were sneaking around in the bushes with our binos trying to, <laughs> trying to help you out and spy some birds. And we had decided we just weren't going to move. Because there were turkeys everywhere. There were probably three different groups we could have hunted if we wanted to. Um, and we just decided we didn't want to mess anything up for you. So we're just we're just chilling, hanging out in the blind, trying to spot for you. And then um, the classic, the Bee Gees hit me and, uh, about 10 o'clock. And I was like, Perry, I got to go take a poop, man. It's, it's an emergency. It has to happen right now. <laughs> It was an emergency. And Perry's yep. like, dude, I got you. I got toilet paper and wipes right here in my turkey vest. I was like, oh, thank God. I don't have to use a sock like Caleb or some, you know, I feel like Caleb's used to that maybe. Well, what I was really thinking, because I had told you when we first got there, because I knew you were up there for, like you said, less than 48 hours. It was your first trip to the farm for turkey hunting. You'd been up there before, but I was like, man, first, first shot opportunity is yours. You take the first shot opportunity we have. But then you were like, yeah, dude, I got to go find a tree. I was like, cool. Maybe one will step out while he's gone, and then it's my shot. <laughs> <laughs> Which about was the case, man. So about 10 o'clock, I go find a tree. And uh, and then, you know, out of nowhere, Perry, who has snuck out of the blind to, to spy on Evan, I guess, you know, sees, makes almost eye contact, like make, makes eyes with the back of a hen's head like less than 30 yards from the blind and we're and he was like they're they're here like i was like oh shit like here we go and he kind of sneaks back to the blind and i'm trying to wrap up wrap up my business and then all of a sudden uh (laughs) a, a, a turkey just hammers like within i don't know how close perry close close enough to make me real excited yeah it was close back back like kind of behind us and to our left yeah yeah, because it's not like we were out of the game. It's not like we were not hunting. We were still calling. We were still we were being conservative. I think we played our cards right, uh, not over calling. We would take turns, <laughs> and uh, so as I'm taking a poop, the this turkey hammers like less than sixty yards to to the blind, and I was like, oh boy, gotta gotta wrap it up. Can't let 
Perry shoot this bird. And it was, it worked out beautifully because like from where our blind was set up, like I said, we had to kind of sneak out when we were trying to get eyes on what those birds were doing that Evan was hearing. But from where Evan was sitting, he could see the like open kind of ridge that goes up to the blind, you know, that we hiked up perfectly without moving at all. And after that one gobbled, we got a text from Evan that was like, there's birds moving up the knolls straight towards you guys. And we we're like, oh shit, here they come. And it, that's, and then they kept, there was a couple more gobbles and we could tell they were getting closer and they were getting closer. Like, cool. It's on. Yep. And then I sneak back up, get inside the blind. Perry tells me to get on the left-hand side of the blind. And he's like, you're shooting first. And I was like, are you sure? Which was, that was a very gentleman move, Perry. I appreciate that. And, uh, they're hammering, 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 coming from, I guess, my 7 o'clock, coming from behind us, um, sneaking up around us. And then there's this bush, of course, this big, giant, white flowering bush right at eye level to my left that you cannot see around. So as soon as the turkeys, you could see them, they're like in your face. And uh, all of a sudden, Perry's like, there they are. And I was like, ah, where? Like, I can't see them. And uh, it took me a minute to find him. And I, I'm, I'm in a, like a half, half squat, half leaning out of the blind, terrible shooting position. And uh, I was like, oh, I see, I see it. And uh, I was like, is that a hen? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, God, you know, Luke, I'll, I'll, I'll never hear the end of it from Luke if I shoot a hen on y'all's properties. And I was like, we got to be real sure we see a beard here. So we let that first one go. And then uh, the next one comes up. And I'm like, uh, beard, but it's it's a Jake. I was like, is that, can I shoot it? Is that cool? And you said. I said, dude, yeah, I said, I'll shoot a Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I, I said, I said, I'll shoot it. Go for it if you want, man. I said, pull the trigger. Yep. Yep. So uh, shot him, rolled him, toasted him. And then uh, rest was history, man. Rolled him. He was right there. There were three of them all together. And. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty hectic 10 minutes, especially when they hammer and then you're like, oh shit, that bird's close. And then it hammers again and you're like, oh, it's like <laughs> on the way. It's like, you know, it's coming. As soon as that confirmation's made, like the only thing you're thinking about is like, how am I going to screw this up? Well, and it was wild too. And we even said it after the fact, like if you had told us 20 minutes before you shot or 30 minutes, whatever it was that we were going to be the ones to kill a bird that morning. We would have said you're high because it was two gobblers that, that Evan was, you know, basically in the thick of. And I mean, those suckers were cutting each other off, you know, just ooh, ooh, bouncing back and forth. And it, and at first before, you know, they kind of stopped and hung up right at the backside of that little, you know, terrain feature. We thought they were headed right towards Evan. I mean, cause that's what it sounded like they were doing what they were doing. And so we we're like, man, Evan's about to have himself a heck of a morning here. And then those birds just, you know, stopped, basically changed direction and walked away from them. And then, sure as shit, we ended up getting birds coming right to us. Man, I'm, I'm going to jump in there on that. Like anyone that's turkey hunted knows the feeling of when you get that gobble that's close and you're like, okay, he's about to step out in shotgun range. And it's like your heart starts racing, that adrenaline dump when that he, he just – 
pow, right there. And you can, you know, he's about to walk in. That happened four or five times that morning where I was like, okay, now he's moving in. And then he just never crossed that ridge. So I would with you there, Perry. I thought I was about to have a hell of a morning for over 45 minutes on several different occasions. Yeah. And 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes before I shot mine, if Perry would have been like, Hey man, you want to go back to the cabin? Like, I don't think anything's going to happen. I would have been like, yeah, let's, let's go. Which goes to show like the unpredictability of, of turkey hunting. It can happen fast. And I'm just thankful that, that I saw that hen because at that point, like I say, we hadn't seen anything. No, we'd heard. We were out of know, the game. We were out of the game. Yeah. We'd heard gobbles, but we didn't feel like we were. Yeah. We didn't feel like we were in the game. And then I was basically sneaking to try to get a better vantage point to spot for Evan. And I basically snuck right up on top of this hen, saw her. I was like, oh shit, turkeys. And then we heard that one. I think we even saw one back on the ridge, another ridge over back to our left. And we're like, all right, we're back in the game now. And, and yeah, it worked out. Yeah, it was awesome. Super thankful for that bird. Um, not in the least bit disappointed. It was a Jake at all. I have not killed enough turkeys to be picky whatsoever. Uh, fair game, fair chase for me. I'll, I'll shoot a freaking power Jake all day, man. Yeah, he was a good Jake. I mean, I know it's the classic, you know, when someone shoots a small buck, you're like, oh, it's got a big body though. But no, like that was actually my buddy Dan, when we sent him a picture, he was like, yeah, we call those super Jakes. You know, they're they're almost there. They were probably born really early on last year. And so, you know, they had more time than most of the hatch. But it was funny, like from my perspective, man, because I I was getting frustrated in the, in the, the birds that I was hunting kind of shut up a little bit and I was like okay I kind of snuck up on a turkey earlier in the season and I'm like man I am going to low crawl up this ridge and just pop out over top of them and blast this sucker at 10 yards well that didn't work out for me but as I was doing that is when I noticed when I kind of got to the top of that little ridge is when I looked over to the ridge that was going up to where y'all were sitting and I saw those turkeys moving. And so I just laid there with binos and watched the whole thing. So it was pretty crazy. Cause like I can see these four birds or three birds, I think it was four birds moving up. And then all of a sudden I hear bow. And then I see someone sprinting out of the blind and then I hear bow. <laughs> and I'm like, hell yeah, you know, I'm over there fist pumping it, you know, 400 yards away. And so now that I gave away part of the story, Perry, you can jump in and tell your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I have to now. The, the, the second bow was there were, it was actually, there were no toms and, and to your credit Carter, it's like, and I've heard the adage, if he comes in goblin, like a man, he can get shot like a man. That Jake came in goblin, like a man. It wasn't like there was a Tom with him. Yeah, um, he fooled so, us good. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, he, he got what he, what he had coming, but there was, there was another Jake with him. And so, when Carter shot, that other Jake kind of milled around for a second, but did, never really like ran off, kind of like started scooting off towards the woods. So I jumped out of the, I didn't have a shot from the blind. So I jumped out of the blind, go grabbed get him. Carter was like, go get him. I was like, yeah. So I jump out of the blind, grab my gun and, and, and peel out, out of there. And um, I mean, honestly, it, it was a shot I never should have taken. I, there, I had no chance to hit that bird. Not really. He was running away from me. I don't know what distance it was, but it was it was too far to really be considered an ethical shot. But man, I was caught up in the moment. Carter just shot one, and I was like, man, 
I, it'd be really cool if we could get a, you know, double up this morning. And so I just kind of took a, a, a shot at him as he was running away from me through the woods, clean miss. Um, I've, I followed him just to make sure he kept running and I, I followed him for another probably 50 or 75 yards. And so I'm running out of the woods up into this field and, and take off. So he was, he was fine. It was definitely a clean miss again, shot. I probably shouldn't have taken, but that was the, the second shot that Evan heard. And yeah, too bad. It didn't, uh, too bad. We didn't get doubled up, but it's the way it goes. It was cool though. Cause yeah, it, it was cool for me to like sit because at that point I was just like sitting on my ass on my seat. I'm like, you know, sitting on this ridge top exposed with my binos and I'm just watching y'all through the binoculars. And like I can see y'all high five up there and pick up your bird and I can see your little photo shoot on top of the ridge. And, you know, Perry sees me sitting out there exposed or waving across the farm at each other, you know, at 300, 400 yards away. It was, it was a pretty fun, pretty fun experience. Yeah, it was sweet, man. Real thankful for the opportunity, so I appreciate it, guys. You want to jump into your first chance of success there, Evan? Yeah, sure. So um, it happened that weekend, actually. It was the next day. So um, Perry hunted with Carter that day. Um, and so Carter was like, I'm not shooting. I killed a bird. Um, I killed one of your jakes. And so um, it was Gentleman of Lee. Like he's, uh, it was Gentleman Lee of him. Like he said it was a Perry. And then he decided, you know, I, I killed a jake, so I'm not – I'm not on the gun the rest of the weekend. You're, you're on the gun, Evan. I'm just going to try to film the hunt and I'll come sit with you. I was like, yeah, cool, man. So we went to this spot that is like, it. Perry, Perry's got some frustrating heartache with this spot. I've got some frustrating heartache with this spot. There has not been a bird killed in this spot, but there are consistently birds that roost there. And I don't know what it is, if this is like old you know, the old dominant mature toms that are wise. I, I, I don't know. But what I do know is that there's birds that frequently use this spot. And I hit the nail on the head by taking Carter there that morning. And man, Carter, how many birds did we hear, dude? I mean, we had three up on top. We had one down to our left. We had two back behind us. on the net. I think we had five. We I think we counted a guaranteed four with the possibility of six because there was some gobbles on top of each other that we couldn't really distinguish if they were separate birds or the same one. Yeah, I'd throw in a, a liberal six. I, I I have not experienced turkey hunting like that until until y'all's property. I've never heard that many birds at once in in like different locations. Like the properties yeah. I hunt, you'll hear them in one. Like I guess a flock is roosting in an area. Y'all have fucking birds everywhere. Like I I was blown away. And then at one at one point we'd be hunting. It's actually a kind of a strong push and pull because it can get you kind of paralyzed um and and we kind of struggle with all right what do we do there's like a group over here there's a group behind us there's like one dude hammering like way over there like there's a lot of birds yeah it and it's it it can get it's not a, it's a good problem to have i'll say that and but i also want to throw out there for the listeners like a lot of these birds are gobbling off our property which doesn't necessarily take you out of the game because the first bird i killed last year i called off the neighbor's property owned our property um, so it doesn't take you out of the game, but like it is a good position up there where me and Carter were sitting because you're up high and you're you're calling down off of a ridge to both sides onto our property and then off of our property onto an adjoining uh, farm valley and then up another ridge where they're always gobbling. But anyway, so these birds are going nuts on the roost, the ones that we decided to hunt and make a move on. And we got within 150 yards of their roost site and they are going berserk. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, and then 
we can tell they fly down and they start moving to our left, which threw us off because they're gobbling, 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 gobbling. They kind of shut up for a minute when they flew down and then boom, they hammer off to our left. And we're like, okay, so they're not coming right at us because they were gobbling. I was calling to them and they were gobbling right on top of my call. So me and Carter both are thinking these birds are going to pitch down and come straight in because they're cutting me off when I'm calling and I wasn't calling hard while they were on the roost. I was just doing some soft tree yelps, and I waited until it was like the sun was up. Um, and I called only two or three times, and they, I mean, they gobbled right on top of it. So they fly down, and they don't come in at all. Like, they had somewhere they wanted to be, and they didn't give a shit about our calls. And they just passed right by us, gobbling their head off the whole time, letting us know, freaking taunting us as they... <laughs> went by at probably 75 yards. We couldn't see him through the thick stuff, but we could sure hear him. And so me and Carter are like, what in the world? And so I look at Carter after they kind of make it down the ridge to our left, they go off the ridge. And I'm like, all right, well, let's make sure they're out of audible. Um, and we're going to make a big circle and try to cut them off. And so we let them, we give it like 15 minutes. I think I was like, let's wait till 7.30, right, Carter? Something, I think I said 7.30. And you're like, yeah, sounds good to me to allow plenty of time because we didn't want to bust them. Um, and, uh, so we, we shoot over there or sorry, we are waiting while, and we were going to shoot over there. We stand up and then that third bird we had heard, it just fires up. And it, what do you think, Carter? I guarantee it was at 75 yards when it gobbled. The one that I saw? Yeah. The one that you ended up seeing when uh, we were standing. Yeah. He was, he was, he was in our laps, man. I thought this was yeah. good. Cause I was videoing for you and then. He sounded so close. I, I stopped videoing in the belief that I was going to spook him. So I just, I froze. Yeah. And so we, we sat back down and then he gobbled again and then he was truly in our laps. And I had one of those moments again where I was like, okay, he's about to walk out on us. And then Carter's like, I see him. And he was on the neighbor's property at, and I never saw him. Carter saw his head moving through some bushes and then he never surfaced. So again, another bird walked right past us, didn't care about our decoys, didn't care about our calls, was responding to our calls, but did not care. And that's just early season turkey hunting. Um, and sometimes I think they just know where hens are and they're going after those hens. I don't know what they're going to strut zones. I'm not sure. But so we try to cut them off. Um, then we end up behind them a little bit and they were exactly where they were, where I was sitting the, the morning before is where they were. They went right back to that spot where we had, they were gobbling like crazy the day prior. So me and Carter decided we're going to try to circumvent them, um, go around where they moved back the previous day. Nothing ended up happening. Carter was going to leave that day. Was that, was that Easter? Yeah, that was, yeah, that's why you were leaving. So Carter was going to have to leave. So I was like, all right, man, I want to keep hunting. I'm going to tell you bye here in the woods. So he bounced and kind of, he was going to sit up on top. And then did we see a bird up on that ridge? Is that what happened? There was one hammering and then we split ways and you went to go. Oh, I, yeah, and then, I remember we should about. Yeah. And then your yeah. aunt, your, your aunt or your cousin or whatever. Really yeah. Perry yeah. Yeah. Jump in there, Perry. That's, that's good to tell real, it from your perspective. Real Appalachia real quick there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So my. It was a, I mean, it was a crazy morning because for all the action y'all had, I was having action and I was on the exact opposite side of the farm. Right. And so I, w I left the cabin. I had a spot that I was going to go sit and I started walking out and I hear a, a gobble up on a roost on a little ridge 
um, that we know they roost on, like I said, it's the other side of the farm. And that I, it's just a, it's a tough place to hunt because they've got different options for the, where they could pitch down, one of which is on a neighbor's property. Um, and there's a fence there. So if they pitch down to the neighbors, they don't typically like to come back across the fence. But so anyway, I heard him gobble up there and I was like, I'm going to kind of change it up a bit. So I changed it up a bit. Evan had heard or seen birds actually over there the previous or two mornings before that, maybe. So I went and set up. There's this there's this field and there's a couple ditches that they cut. And there's this big bush right at the top of this ditch. And I set up right at that bush, hoping they would kind of pitch down towards this field that I was in, which is what they had done when Evan had seen them and um, didn't end up doing that. It ended up going a different direction, but then it circled back and came back my direction, this gobbler. And he was on the other side of the creek that runs through our property, probably hundred yards off or something like that. And it was just basically wide open field between me and him. I really didn't have a play that I could make. So I ended up watching this bird for a long time. He fed out into the field. The guy that leases his cattle from us had put out hay down there. So he was just scratching and feeding in the hay. And a couple of hens ended up coming out. He tried strutting in front of those hens a little bit. I had my decoy set up. I tried calling a couple of times, but he just didn't give a shit about me. So I basically just got to watch him and these hens for a little while. Another bird comes from the same direction. Um, I heard him gobbling. When I heard him gobble, I was like, I got to move a little bit. Well, there's this berm where this ditch is. I got up on top of that berm where I could kind of see, and I see this 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 Tom coming towards me. So I was like, man, it's going to be tough to make a play, but I'm just going to low crawl. I, I pulled a Tyler and uh, was like, I'm going to low crawl across this field and see if I can at least close a little bit of distance um, and try to kind of cut this bird off. And maybe I can convince him to like fly across the creek or something. This was a nice gobbler. Um, spoiler alert, I think Evan ran into this gobbler later. Uh, I think it was the same bird. Really nice, really nice bird. He came out, kind of did the same thing as that first one did. Um, the hens were still there. He kind of showed off for the hens a little bit. I called at him a couple times. He wasn't interested. Um, he came out and fed in the hay a little bit, and then he kind of he kind of started meandering up um, up the hill across from me, away from me. After, after the hens showed pretty quickly, they weren't interested. And so at this point, it's still only like, I don't know, maybe 8.30 or something like that. And I'd, I'd heard a bunch of the birds that, that Evan and Carter were hearing back on the other side of the, of the property. Well, then he kind of left. Um, the first gobbler had, had left, gone a different direction. Well, then I see two birds coming from direction that Evan and Carter were. And these two birds are coming basically directly towards me. And what had happened was they had they had come from where y'all were. And I think they must have either seen or heard these hens that were down at the bottom feeding in the hay. And they were like, all right, we're going to go you know, join the party. And so these two birds come in and they ended up kind of meandering their way down to the, to the hay. And at this point, I was like, fuck it. I had dropped my mouth call in the mud. It was filthy. I'd left my decoys and my vest and my pot call, everything I'd left back at my original setup when I started low crawling down the ditch and through the meadow. So at this point I had no call and I had no decoys and I've got these two birds with a couple of hens feeding in this hay directly in front of me at like 70 yards or something. And I got to looking at it. I was like, man, if I could get back down in this ditch, which intersects the Creek 
And then, <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about some unorthodox turkey hunting. This ditch hits the creek and then it's steep creek bank, but the creek winds its way all the way back up to where these birds were. So what you had talked about, Evan, I was literally going to try to low crawl down the ditch, get in the creek, literally just wade up the creek, tucked up against the side of the bank and try to sneak up on them and just pop up and shoot one. And I was like, I, I've got nothing to lose. I, there's no way I can call to these birds. They're not going to come to me. I had no other options. Probably had a very small chance of success. Situation like that, there's a hundred things that could go wrong. Not the least of which was them just, you know, turning around and seeing me crawling through the ditch. Um, but I was like, fuck it. I got nothing to lose. So I started that plan of attack and um, I got probably about halfway down there and was looking at him and there was a couple bushes. And I was like, man, I think I can actually just kind of low crawl and close a little bit more distance and a more direct route rather than going the ditch through the creek. And I started that and then one of the hens spooked and, and kind of took off and ran off. I was like, well, that's a little weird. The other birds didn't. They were all still there, the two gobblers and, and one other hen. Um, I was like, maybe she saw me, but the others didn't. She just or saw something she didn't like, and she was just like, I'm getting out of here. So I was like, all right. So I paused for a second, let her run off and do her thing, get out of the picture. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to keep on moving. I started low crawling again, and the rest of the birds spook. The two gobblers take off up in the hill. The hen runs off, and I'm like, fuck, how did they see me? There were two bushes. I was down literally on the ground. I couldn't see the birds because I had these bushes. I'd lined the bushes up directly between them and me. I was like, how did they see me? So as I see him running up the hill, I kind of poke my head up, and then I looked back to my left, and I see a dog. And then a second after I see a dog, I see our cousin walking down the meadow. <laughs> and I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Is this really happening? It's turkey season. We don't go for walks down in the meadow. <laughs> that is so frustrating. I, text, oh. I texted I texted you and Carter. I was like, fucking Ann <laughs> is walking down the meadow right now. And she just busted the birds that I was hunting. I was sitting up on the rock and two minutes later I saw her walk by in her neon pink and blue with her little whatever dog that was. And I was like, no boy, it's over. Everyone's everyone's got that relative that just doesn't get it, you know. So it ended up like I mean, it was frustrating. We were all kind of feeling like, I mean, I I don't know, but Perry was like, okay. He told me where he told us where they spooked to. He didn't have a chance. It's not like he can chase them through open fields and then get lucky. I don't I don't think that's ever going to happen. But I knew where they were going, and me and Carter were actually positioned in the spot that I could head them off. And so that's what I tried to do. And so I went high and tried to get my best guess to where they were going to go. And I got pretty damn close. So I got them to gobble once they got up on top of the ridge and I got them pretty fired up. And Carter and Perry ended up hearing them gobble because um, I, I I didn't call super aggressive um, to them. I didn't really know what strategy to take at that point. I've never really hunted spooked birds like that. But I did get them to gobble, but they were on a trajectory and they were gobbling as they were moving past. And they ended up blowing past me at like 7,500 yards, but I could see him and that one was a stud bird. Um, and so they moved past me and I was like, okay, I'm going to cloverleaf again and try to get in front of them. And this time I know exactly where they're going because I saw the angle they were on. And it worked out. I thought it was about to happen because then I get, 
where the direction they were going to come. They gobbled to responded to a call and then they shut up and nothing. Well, then I see a bird fly into a tree. I'm like, okay, well, that's freaking bizarre. And it was, I don't know, it was 10 in the morning. Does that sound about right? So I think it was around 10 o'clock and this bird flies into a tree. But it flies into a tree and then the tree is at 75 yards and it could easily see me because I can see it clearly. And I'm like thinking, well, I'm pinned now. Like this, I don't want to bust this bird because those toms are in the area. I thought it was a hen at first and I was like, okay, these toms are going to hang out with that hen. And so for a while I'm watching it and then I kind of just honestly get bored and I was trying to shift to see, get a better look at it. And I shift and I can tell it was a Jake. At that point, 30 minutes, 45 minutes of what went by. I'm frustrated. Perry and Carter were packing it in. I was like, okay, I'm just going to hunt my way back to the cabin. It's, it's 1045, almost 11 by this point. You can only hunt until noon. So I was just like, okay, I got, there's a lot of terrain between me and the cabin. I'm just going to hunt my way back to the cabin. So I do that and I'm just moving slow. And I would just hit little spur ridges, little IV lines. And I would just do some soft locating calls trying to find one. Um, well, finally, I get one to key up. And I mean, he strikes off right where in the vicinity of where Carter shot his th- the day prior. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And so um, backstory is I had an encounter with a bird for about two hours, hour and a half, two hours on the same little ridge. It's this open oak ridge with little rolling spurs in the middle of it, but it's like open hardwoods with big oaks um, to kind of paint the picture. And so you can see really far through the trees because it's really open and it's got a big canopy over top of them. Um, And so I made a mistake when I hunted and had a bird hung hung up at 60 yards on one of those spurs because I called from one of the spurs and I hung that bird up. And so when, once he once I located him and he gobbled, I didn't call any in any way again and I dropped down the off the ridge low to where I had terrain feature masking me and I moved and I actually went to the blind where Carter shot his bird because it was in a perfect location that blind looks out at the spur where I had that bird hung up that one day and so I'm sitting there and I get set up and I call and he responds immediately I don't really call it too much. Long story short, me and this bird battle for 45 minutes. It's starting to get close to noon. I'm starting to get the sweats because he's gobbling on top of me. He's moving closer, but he's not coming in quick at all. Then I hear a point. I hit a point to where again, it's like he kind of shut up for 10, 15 minutes. Um, and I wasn't calling aggressive because he was responding to my calls. And so I, I, I didn't want to call too hard. Uh, he knew where I was, and then all of a sudden, boom, he he gobbles, and it's like we talked about earlier, just pow, and I can tell he's right on the backside of this ridge. And so at this point, you know, I'm, I'm shaking, my heart's pounding and all this. He gobbles a few times right there, and then I can hear him spitting and drumming. And I'm like, okay, we're in the game big time. He's about to crest this ridge. Well, he doesn't. And so for 15 to 20 minutes – I don't know, maybe more. It was a long time. Um, I can hear this bird just spitting and drumming. He's not gobbling at this point, but not cresting. I'm, I mean, at any point, and the top of this ridge is 30, 30 yards max, maybe 25 at, at some places, maybe 20 at some places. And he's just not cresting. But if he does, he's in shotgun range. And I can hear him spitting and drumming, and then he stops spitting and drumming. Then I can hear him walking off to my left. And I'm like, dude, this bird might walk off 
But I shift because I start moving to the left because I can tell he's walking to my left. And, I mean, a, another – he's not in any hurry. Another five, ten minutes goes by, and then I see a redhead pop out behind some bushes. Then he disappears in some bushes, and I could, there was a, a lane where he was going to pop through. When he got behind those bushes, I just did some really soft yelps at him, and he pokes his head out, and he did that little turkey periscope thing where he sticks that head up really high and elongates his neck. And he stopped and I just took a breath and torched off on him, man. And that was all she wrote. And that bird, dude, it was, um, there's, if y'all want to look at that bird, it was the first one I killed of the season, man. It was a big bird. It, it's beard is only a 10 inch beard, but it's body. And Perry can attest to this. It was easily over 20 pounds, like without, without breaking a sweat over 20 pounds. Um, and it had a, it had a really big fan on it. Um, it was, it was just a really, a really big Tom. I really think yeah, it's that. I really think it was that second bird that I saw that morning that had gone up that way, and then, and then uh, that Ann had had spooked up there because that was a that was a super nice tom, and I bet he just went up there after she came walking through, hung out up there, like you say in that Oak Ridge for a while, and then you just struck him up, and it's fucking nice bird, man. Yeah, for sure. We we got to get a game scale. So I was I was looking at the Virginia State record. Virginia State record for turkeys is twenty seven pounds, and I'm not saying that this would have been a Virginia State record, but I I guarantee that he was over twenty pounds. That'd be pretty crazy if it would have been a state record or something. We had no idea because <laughs> we don't have we didn't have a way to weigh it out there. But yeah, it was really cool, man. Um, and I actually. I told Perry, Perry packed it in. I texted him. He had went to shower. I, I texted or called him and was like, hey, man, can you go back and take some pictures? And like, as I'm talking to him, boom, the one fires up right there. And I'm like, shit, I got to get this bird and get out of here because I don't want to spook this other bird. And I was like, dude, you should have stayed and hunted with me because we could have doubled up. But <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a crazy morning. All the all the action that we saw, all the gobbles we heard, all the different birds. I should have stayed. I was I was so, so done after after my hunt got busted, but between <laughs> between Saturday and Sunday, I mean, the amount of action that we had was was pretty unbelievable. Yeah, it was pretty phenomenal. I got that text and it revitalized my my drive. I got so fired up for you, man. It was it was fucking awesome. Was yeah, fun. I appreciate that, dude. I was fist pumping to myself up there on the yeah. ridge for a while. I was I was pretty stoked, man. It was a big bird, and when I walked up on him, I could tell he was a he was a good turkey. And I, I do want to. Before I tell my second story, I want to tell the story that me and Perry saw about the fight, and I'll keep it brief. But so later after this, we uh, were out there, and it was sleeting, and we decided not to hunt. I mean, it's thirty six degrees, but uh, and so we were just like, okay, we're not, we're not going to hunt. It's it's thirty six degrees. It's the wind's ripping. It's sleeting ice, you know, icy rain. And so we're at the cabin packing it up, and as after we finish packing up, we're like, well, let's just have one last cabin beer on the porch and just bullshit here and watch. And I'm like, Hey Perry, there's a Turkey strutting out there in the field. He's like, no fucking way. I'm like, yeah, way. And we get out the binos and sure enough, there's this big Tom just completely puffed up 36 degrees with the wind blowing and blowing sleet. We're like, what in the world? And then we look over to the left and there's another bird puffed up and these birds strutted up gobbling at each other start working away at opposite ends of this field it's a big field you know it's 200 yards long if not more and they start working their way towards each other and they start circling up and they fight then they pause and they circle up and spin and then they fight and they pause they do this for a little bit and then the, the bigger bird ended up kicking the little one's ass and then they 
went off together on the merry way. And then they joined up with another one that was up on the ridge. And then that concluded that, that week of Turkey hunt. It was a, it was a pretty, it was a pretty cool thing to see though, man, to watch two birds fighting in the blowing frigid, sleety rain. Carter, I'm not shitting you where, where those two birds converged and fought was eight yards, maybe 10 yards at the most from where I had set the morning before and my initial setup in that bush at the top of that ditch in that same field. I was like, are you kidding me right now? That's the name of the game, man. That's the name of the game. Freaking turkeys. Freaking turkeys. Yeah, man. Yep. Turkeys. You, want, you want Tyler to tell his next one? Tyler, you got another good one from uh, Montana season? Well, I can tell you how my girlfriend shot her bird. Um, yeah, so man. that morning – we get into an area and it's that private land piece. And it was so Montana opener was on a Friday, Friday this year. So it was great because a lot of people, I just had the day off and a lot of people were still wor- uh, working. So I ended up getting this piece all to myself. Didn't have to really like get there early. Uh, it was kind of crappy in the morning. So I was like, yeah, let's just go around like seven, eight o'clock. So we get out there and you know, it was quiet for a minute and we just sat down and I was like, all right, let me just do a hail call real quick. And then as soon as I hit that hail call, like the sun came out and there were birds everywhere. And I had her set up in an area where I, where I was like, okay, we, we I heard three gobbles on this little ridge and like right behind the ridge, they were very close to the road. And I'm like, they're probably coming across the road. Like, just get ready. And she had her bow and, uh, I'm like, okay, they're coming. Well, they, they gobbled. Then all of a sudden I hear two gobble behind me. And then on my other side, I hear another couple gobbles and I'm, and they're all coming at us. And I'm like, I don't know which way to like point her. You know, I'm like, is she going to, am I going to screw over by having her this way? So I'm like, yeah, we'll just wait it out. So all of a sudden I just look to my left and I see these two long beards just coming right across the field. Like they're, they're strutting kind of like they're half strut, but they're like making their way across this field. So I was like, okay, don't move. There's some birds behind us. And so you know, we keep working the birds in front of us and they're every time, I mean, I could do anything. I could have yelled at them and they were gobbling. So I was like, okay, this is going to happen. And she had her bow with, with her. So it would have been cool. You know, it, I was excited. Like we're going to pull these birds in. Well, um, as soon as I said like, okay, get ready. I look over to my left again at those other birds and they are running across the field. And I'm like, oh fuck. So I tell her, I'm like, okay, turn around, turn around, turn around. <laughs> so she turns around and as soon as she does, those three birds pop out of the wood line and they're like 40 yards right in front of her. I'm like, motherfucker. I'm like, all right, well, here comes these other birds. And so I'm watching these other birds out of the corner of my eye and she's completely turned around. She's like, what's the range? What's the range? And I'm like, what is she talking about? They're so far away. Like, it doesn't matter what the range is. Like, And plus where she's sitting, I'm like, you can't get a shot with your bow anyways. So I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, they're right there. And I look over and there's two other toms that already came out in the field from the other side. And they were like, <laughs> I, they were... Probably when they first popped out was like 40 something yards. And, and I just, I didn't see them. I didn't like those gobbles behind us on that area were pretty far away. I didn't think they were coming in that quick. And so I ranged them and they were like 54 and they were kind of, you know, they weren't running away and they weren't, they weren't really moving that fast, but they were walking. So she sent an arrow and, and, and a clean miss in which was, you know, it happens, especially archery hunting turkeys is, is tough. You know, you got to be able to move and draw your bow back without them seeing you and, so I was like, all right, well, and then, uh, I was like, okay, well, that was fun. And we tried to find her arrow, couldn't find it. And I said, you know what, let's regroup. And she's like, I don't care if I kill a Tom. She's like, I've never killed a turkey before. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I said, um, let's go back to the house and we'll grab the shotgun. And so we go back out and, uh, grab the shotgun, go back out of the same spot. 
you know, we go to the backside of the property and again, they just start going nuts. And I call these three birds in and we're sitting in this like thicket and behind us is like this swampy kind of like overgrowth piece. Um, and we're sitting there and these birds are just slowly walking in, slowly walking in. I'm like, okay, this is going to happen. Like they're good. They're coming right to us. And then I hear something behind us and this hen just pops out no less than 10 yards right behind her. And I'm like, don't move. Like if this hen sees us, like we're screwed. So they're still working with the hen walk right by us, grab those three birds. And they just kept walking the other way. I'm like, Jesus Christ, we cannot get this to work. Well, then those birds came back around. They came back across the field and they were pretty far out. Um, and they were three Jakes. And I said, they came across this little open. I was like, shoot that one. And she shot, rolled this bird. Like, I was like, cool, you got it. It gets up and starts walking away. And I was like, ah, shoot it again. And so she shoots it again, rolls it again. And then it stands up and walks away. I'm like, what is fucking happening right now? This is, <laughs> this is the most ridiculous turkey I've ever been on. But they didn't run away. They just walked away. And I was like, well, I know where they're going. We need to go all the way back around to that original field we were in. And so we go around and sure shit, they, they're coming across the field. And I was like, well, they kind of see us already. I was like, just start walking towards them. They're all jakes. Like maybe I'll just like hail call really loud and it'll slow them up a little bit and we'll get a shot. <laughs> and then she's like, okay. So she's out in front of me like 10, 15 yards. And I'm just, I'm calling so loud, just trying to like get some sort of like, maybe they're just curious. And then they started kind of moving away. And next thing you know, she just takes off running because they hopped over this little, this little tree into like the bushes. And I see, I'm like, well, go get it girl like this is your hunt so she just like takes off running towards these birds and i see her jump across this little log shoulder the shotgun and fire a shot and she turns around with, like the biggest smile she's like got him and so uh it was just a good time watching her shoot her first bird it was a having that much action even though a lot of them were jakes like i don't know they all sounded like toms though i've been deceived a lot this year with birds and i'm like oh that's a good bird and they pop out and they got a little two and a half inch beard i'm like well that's bullshit Dude, that sounds like an absolutely chaotic day, man. But that's the day you just described is what makes turkey hunting. Anyone that hasn't done it yet, like if there's any listeners out there that hasn't turkey hunted, like those days to get for, for it to be such a goofy looking animal, you know, when you look at a turkey up close and their heads and all that, they're kind of goofy. Their bodies are gorgeous. Like they're a beautiful bird, but they're so weird and they're so unique and peculiar. But man, the day you just described is what makes turkey hunting just so insanely frustratingly epic you know it's just incredible but dude when you were talking about that uh they would have gobbled at anything if you would have yelled did y'all see that video of those guys hunting and this tom comes in and it's literally gobble they're talking and you know the guys feel they're standing up and the guy's like gobble if you're gay and the turkey's just pow he just sounds off <laughs> and he's just shit talking this turkey and every time he does the turkey gobbles at him that's what that reminded me of yeah you're right evan that that uh that chaos man it's it'll drive you freaking crazy i've had i've had a season that'll drive me crazy but it's been golly encounter after encounter and just so much action and it's it's what uh it it is what makes turkey hunting so exciting i mean there's times where it can be absolutely just mind-numbingly boring but there's also times where you're just like i can't believe what just happened right now yeah and that's honestly if you won't uh, that's a good segue into my second turkey because it was, I mean, I had that bird on the ground at Seven Eleven, you know, I mean, and it was just a morning of chaos. You want me to jump right into that one, Carter? Yeah, man. You want to round us out with your your final kill? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so not to be Debbie Downer here, but uh, we ha- Perry and I had a death in the family, um, and we had the funeral service on Saturday. Um, they were calling for for crappy weather that morning, and so me and Perry both decided, like, okay, we're not going to stay at the cabin. Um, we're just going to stay at mom's. Perry's got kids; they were up. Uh, my girlfriend was in town, uh, so we were just like, okay. I hunted all day Friday, and where I was like, we're gonna we're gonna have um, we're going to have like a family morning and then do this funeral service and like a family get together and then we'll maybe hunt in the evening if we break away or whatever, just play it by ear. Well, so during lunch, went and had a family thing on Friday the day before. Um, and then I went back out in the evening, didn't have any luck, but I saw two birds, um, that I wasn't really able to make a move on, but I knew where they were going. And Carter, they were moving up towards where me and you went when we sat together, where we had all that chaos. Like that's the direction they were headed. And I was like, okay, I know where they're going to roost or the general area. Well, I was right to a certain extent, but they were about a hundred meters down to the left, um, kind of off the ridge. They weren't on top of the ridge where I thought they had already dropped off the ridge, kind of where we lost those two that went to our left. They were in that general area. And so that threw me for a loop and I made a rookie error. Um, and I should have known better because of simply terrain, but I went directly, excuse me, I went directly to them which was me coming basically downhill. And then I ended up below them. Um, and it's not where I wanted to be at all. I was kind of in this drainage ditch. And so I climbed up out of the drainage ditch, but still I was in low ground and they were roosting um, kind of out and up above me. And I, there's a video I posted on my Instagram. You can hear them gobbling. And I was within, I was easily within hundred, 150 yards and they're going nuts on the tree. They fly down long story short, and they move off, and I knew exactly where they were headed um, because it was where I saw them the day prior in that same area. Um, and it honestly was the area that we were talking about earlier where um, I was sitting and had so much chaos. It's it's a there's a field up there on some rolling hills, and it's you know it's a big big field, but it's the same general area. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a big circle and try to cut them off and haul ass, and I did that. And I heard them gobble when I got up there. So it was it worked out perfect because they gobbled in. So I knew their location. I knew I had time. So I put out my decoys. I just did a Jake and Hen. Um, and then I set up on top of the IV line-ish. Um, and there was still, like, they would have to come up the hill. Um, and then if they, once they, once I could have seen them, I, they would have been in shotgun range. So I set up. It wasn't the best tree I was leaning on, but it was the best spot to make the kill. And so I just figured like if I just really hunkered down and I'm super still by the time they show themselves, I'll get a shot. Well, sure enough, it wasn't long after I get the decoys out, they call again and they had closed the distance and I was like, okay. So I res- I called and then they gobbled on top of my call and I was like, all right, I'm shutting up and we're in the game now. Didn't call. And then five, 10 minutes later, it wasn't long at all, man. This dude hammered off and it shook the ground. I mean, it it straight up made my eye sockets feel like they blew back in my head. I mean, it was just, he was close and he was probably 25 yards, but he was behind bushes. And so I had to turn slightly. So I turned just a little bit, um, got on him and I see a head and there was two. And so I see the other body and they're meandering around these bushes. Um, and then I, I had uh, honestly... Carter after y'all had the 
had Mike Chamberlain on the podcast. He was talking about shooting dominant toms. When I had spotted those birds a day prior, I could tell that one was an absolute bruiser. I mean, just an absolute bruiser. The other one was a good tom. Don't get me wrong. He's a good bird. But this one is just, he was significantly bigger in the body. His beard was dragging the ground when he was strutting. You know what I mean? Which is impressive. I mean, it was, I mean, I guarantee it was a 12 inch beard. I would bet my next paycheck it was a 12 inch beard and he was, it had a big body. He was just a toad, man. But I told myself like, I don't care whichever bird comes out first, I'm going to shoot. And honestly, if they would have came out at the same time, I probably would have shot the smaller bird because I already killed a dominant bird that year. And I was kind of having some guilt based off like what Dr. Chamberlain said and how the, the pecking order and the breeding cycle works with turkeys. But anyway, the bird that ended up showing itself was a smaller bird, so I took the shot and hammered him, dude. I mean, I put him down. He actually walked out on that rock up there. You can see in the pictures I posted, it's it's like staged up on this beautiful, beautiful scenery. There's a nice view there up on a rock. Uh, I was telling Perry, and I don't really know if I have regret, but I when I shot him, I could only see like neck and up. And I, I wish, in hindsight, it's always twenty twenty, but I wish I would have been a little bit more patient and let them both come out in front of those bushes just to watch them and see what they would have done and just seeing how close they would have came in um, and maybe try to get it on film. But, you know, the last thing you think about, last thing I think about at least when you have one gobble that close, is like, oh, let me pull out my phone. You know, like that's that just wasn't, it wasn't crossing my mind. Yeah, maybe next season, man. Like we've said, <laughs> once we get a little more experience and get a, get a few more birds on the ground, maybe. I think you did the right thing because you never know what a turkey's going to do, man. Yeah. And that's the thing. And anyone that's hunted and it's not just turkey hunting. I mean, how many times have you heard someone say like it, you know, I waited, I should have shot him here, but I waited, I had a shot and I didn't take it because, you know, I wanted him to go there and you missed the opportunity. Like, I don't know how many times I've done that. And so if there's one thing in my hunting experience, I've learned, dude, if you have an, an opportunity, if you're looking to kill the animal and you have an opportunity to make a clean kill on the animal, take it. You know, like take it, even if it's not the most picturesque, even if it's not the perfect whatever for the, the memory, I don't know. Like I, I, I kind of wanted that picturesque, that outdoor channel TV moment of these birds strutting into my decoys and you hammer him, you know, you blast him after he flogged your Jake decoy. Like that's kind of what I was looking for. And I think they would have done it because they were pissed off. I mean, their heads were white. They were both puffed up strutting and then he, you know, he straightened out. And they were about to move in and I didn't give them that opportunity. So I kind of regret not letting it unfold to just get the experience of them like really closing distance because they would have came into the decoys. They would have been at, you know, 10 to eight yards, but it still worked out great, man. It was a, it was a fun morning. And like I say, it was a, it was a dead bird on the ground by seven eleven. cleaned him, got the fan off, got the beard off, and then went through on the old shirt and tie and went to a funeral service. Man, what a full day right there. That's a that's the full package right there. Well, I'm yeah. stoked for you, man. That's that's you've had a hell of a season already and you got one more tag. But it uh it kind of begs the question, Tyler, when are you gonna get your act together and actually pull the trigger, man? I think you've called in four or five birds for other folks so far. <laughs> Dude, I'll be honest with you. My at first when I'm like first day of turkey season, I'm like, I'm gonna shoot a big tom, I'm gonna hold out, blah blah blah, I'm gonna shoot a beautiful bird this year. And then as the days go by, I'm like, eh, that Jake's looking pretty good. I'll blast that fucker real quick. I don't hey, care. You're, like, you're talking I to just, the king. I'm big Jake guy, man. You're talking to the dude, king right here. I was gonna say like, Carter's <laughs> Carter's no a Jake judgment. guy. No judgment here. 
I, yeah, that's my thing, man. Like, I, I, if people are having fun shooting birds, that's all that matters. But for me, um, like, not to boast or whatever, but I have shot a handful of birds. So uh, the first couple weekends out of the year, I'm like, yeah, I'm looking for a good bird. And then it just slowly, I'm just like, if it has a beard and it gobbles, I'm killing it. I don't care. Because here in Montana, <laughs> it's like spring bears right on the corner. So I'd rather go chase them instead of turkeys. Sure. Dude, me and Perry, that, that makes that makes me feel a little better, Tyler, because me and Perry and, and Carter had this conversation. Me and Perry have had it multiple times about whether to shoot Jake's, whether or not to shoot Jake's. And, you know, we we haven't killed – I mean, well, I've killed at this point five birds. Perry's not killed quite that many. <laughs> I'm not trying to rag on you right now, Perry, but, nah, but we've dude, had I'll, to – I'll shoot a Jake all day. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what we talked about. Like, you know – we haven't killed enough birds to get to the point to where I think we need the experience of calling them in. And I will say this, if, if, if I set up an ambush, I don't know that I would shoot a Jake, you know, if it was like a, but if I called one in and one came in gobbling and strutting and act like, like y'all said, you know, you, you act like a man, you get shot like a man. Like, you know, like if they if that situation unfolds and yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to torch off on Jake. Yeah, hell yeah, it's part of the experience, man. And that's that's, that's the key to hunting, right? It's no, you know, judgment never the answer. If it's you know fair chase and it's legal, fucking do whatever makes you happy, man. Yeah, if that bird wants to talk shit, he's gonna get hit. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, dude, it was actually funny. I gotta tell him, Perry, that I ran into that at the funeral service. Ran into that old man I ran into in the woods prior. That'd be a good little closing note so car you get a kick out of this so the day prior this old timer the neighbor ruined my hunt man long story short i i move in i get some birds to respond off the property line and uh then all of a sudden like i'm working these birds they're responding they're moving in then all of a sudden i hear this god-awful racket to my left and it's an old man on a box call <laughs> i mean and it sounds like someone squeaking farts out in the woods i mean it was it was atrocious. And so I'm like, dude, it sounded like he was on our property. So I move over there. I'm like, what in the world? Here we go with poachers again. Like we've had a problem with poachers move over there. And it's this old timer and he can't hear me. I'm like trying to whisper like, Hey sir, Hey sir. And he can't hear me. And so I get really close and I scare the hell out of this old man. It's made me feel bad. You know, just <laughs> some dude in camo sneaking up behind him in the woods and he's on his property. But dude, he had parked, you know, that little blind I made Carter just out of like fallen limbs and shit. Yeah. He parked his side by side on the fence facing that blind and he just there's a log right there i mean it was legal he wasn't doing anything illegal he was on his property you know that blinds 50 meters off the property line looking onto our property he was facing your property no his his side by side was facing our property but he's got his back to our property line looking out he's got his leg up on this log he's wearing blue jeans a camo shirt and a ball cap and uh, he's got a shotgun laying on the log that he's propped up on, and he's just scratching and squawking on this box call, calling to these. This there was like there was probably three gobblers that were responding to my call, and they were in this little wreck, and they were moving in. So I get to the top of the ridge, and I'm all pumped up, and then this dude's up there jacking up my hunt. And so we talk a little bit, and they're they're getting close, and he's like, "Oh, they're way off," and I'm like, "No, they're not, man. They're like right there." And, then, and I don't want to be a jerk, but I'm like, I also want to kill a bird, but I don't know what to do. And so I'm just like, "Okay, man." Like, so finally, I was like, "All right, well, I'm going to move up here. If they come to your side, they're yours. If they come to my side, they're mine." And so I go and sit, dude. Ten minutes after I sit down, he fires up the side by side and drives off, and then the birds shut up. And I was just like, "You, dude, you got to be kidding me!" But it was funny, the next day at the funeral, we're in line, you know, for the visitation. 
and I see him in line and I nudge Perry. And I'm like, Perry, that's the, that's the old man I ran into in the woods yesterday. And so in the, in the funeral line, the visitation line for our, you know, deceased hundred year old great uncle. And, uh, who's a great man, you know, it was a, it was a good celebration of life. It was just really cool. Like one of the neighbors just coming to pay tribute and I'm sitting there and he gets to me and he shakes my hand and I'm like, did you end up having any luck? And he goes, Oh, was that you that scared the hell out of me in the woods yesterday? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, I, was. <laughs> I lost it right there in the line, man. I just lost it. <laughs> that was hilarious. Is that you? <laughs> we ended up talking. I told him I'd come by the house and, we'd be able to talk turkeys and introduce myself formally, you know? So, I mean, I'm sure he's a, he's a super nice guy. It was just funny, man. You can't, you can't hate on the fella for getting out there. He's just an old guy. Wanting to, he was, he's told us this tur- turkey hunting story right there in the funeral service line. Man, it's, so honestly, it's a pretty cool experience. I don't want to sound like I'm like, you know, being hateful or anything towards this man. I was frustrated in the moment that he fired up that side by side and ruined the hunt. But at the end of the day, like, you know, what, what can you do? That's hilarious, man. I love that. That's Appalachia for you. Yeah, no kidding. At the funeral service, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that is absolutely Appalachia for you. (laughs) Good way to put it. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Yeah, go ahead, Tyler. Dude, okay, last thing. So, second day out, uh, we're doing some scouting, and I see these two massive toms from like Ahar. Like, we're up on this uh, forest service road, and I'm looking over this piece of property the year prior. I'm like, there's got to be birds on it. It's perfect. It's like open fields. And there's ponderosa pines on the left side. And there's a creek in the middle. I'm like, there's got to be birds here. Didn't see any birds last year. And I'm in the I'm in the truck. And Sam, one of the the mentees, was like, "Is that a bird over there? There's birds over there." And so I, I stopped the truck. And there's two massive toms, like just out in the middle of this field. And I'm like, it's private. So I look up online. I look on Onyx, and I'm like, okay, that's the guy's name. And it was like 8:30 at night. I'm like, I'm not gonna go knock on his door. It's such a dick move. But I like shot in the dark i googled his name and like sure shit his name address phone number came right up so i called him and i was you know i gave him the whole spiel about pb abate and brcc and he's like he's like yeah come on out and he's like you guys can come hunt i'm like fuck yeah so we watched these birds go up into the ponderosas i'm like okay cool walk across this field which is like half a mile i mean this place was massive set up and i'm like it's perfect i'm like i we set up, we're in there all quiet. We kind of got like the noise of the the river or the stream behind us. So like we didn't make too much noise and set the decoys up. And next thing you know, there's like two birds gobbling like 50 yards up in the trees. I'm like, Oh dude, this is like, this is going to be sick. And I've got my two mentees there. And, uh, I see the, the hen fly out of the tree and I see the Tom fly out of the tree and I didn't see the other one, but they're just going nuts. Like they're going crazy. I'm like, okay, here they come. And also I see the Tom, like, He's in full strut. He's coming up and over the hill, like through the ponderosas. And I'm like, all right, I'm telling the mentee, I'm like, get ready. He's, he's coming. And then uh, I think he might have seen us because he kind of like looked up and where he was like elevation wise, he could see like right over all the shit that we were hiding behind. So I'm like, damn, but I still had him fired up. Like they were kind of unsure. And like those other birds were coming in and the hen walked by us. And then, and then it just went dead quiet. And I'm like, what is going on? Like they were just so fired up. And then about a hundred yards from us, I just see these two coyotes pop their head over the ridge and i should have asked the, the landowner if we could shoot coyotes because they came barreling through them decoys <laughs> i was just like i wanted to tell them like just start shooting kill them both you know but dude they uh, did they man. attack your decoys no so like I, as soon as they came over the ridge like they were trotting to them and i think same situation where the turkey it's like 
they had seen us from a higher elevation, like coming down. So they had seen like overall, like the bushes and shit we were seeing behind. So one took off to the left, which we could have, if, if I had a shot, like I was over on the right side. So like, if I had a shotgun, I could have blasted him. And then the other one took off left and like the two, the two girls that were hunting there, they, they could have fucking destroyed that thing. But that's turkey hunting. Like you said, you know, you got old timers and people who are just trying to get out there and learn it. Nobody will teach them anything. So they, they accidentally ruin it for somebody, but then you have nature itself, you know, coyotes for yeah. some reason. I've ran so many coyotes turkey hunting the last couple of years. It's just like, I killed it. Yeah. I killed a coyote last year, turkey hunting, man. They, they come in those calls and you're just like, well, this is kind of cool. This is actually cooler than a turkey. So I'll tell it. <laughs> that dude probably did if you'd shot his coyotes. Probably, man. Did y'all see that video of that coyote attack that turkey decoy? Oh, there's a million no. of them out there. Dude, it was it was crazy. It's the first one I've ever seen, and this coyote comes up and just wham, just hammers this hen decoy. It's pretty cool. Well, boys, are we calling it? Yeah, it's been fun, fellas. Yeah, heck yeah, it has. It's been a we still it's been a been an action packed turkey season. Yeah, hopefully we can uh turkey season finale, turkey stories episode and Perry can talk about his hits, not his misses. Yeah, that'd be good. I, Maybe I he remembers really to put his remember he remembers to put his choke in his shotgun the rest of the season. Yeah, dude, that was an opening day story that I'm not gonna tell, but I promise you it will never happen again. <laughs> I'll tell it. Perry didn't put his fucking turkey choke in his shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Shooting a super modified scatter gun. Yeah. 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 Not next, a, next time we do this, Perry will have two dead birds to talk about. I fucking hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. I hope so for y'all. Well, cool. Well, Tyler, appreciate you coming on, man. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can uh, can find you? Uh, Instagram, Big Sky underscore Ty. I say it every podcast. If you don't like dogs, hunting, fishing, anything about Montana and the outdoors, keep scrolling because that's all I post. But it's been a pleasure. Appreciate <laughs> you guys having me on. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Evan, how about you? Yeah, I'm uh, pretty easy. It's just evan.d.eisner on Instagram. You can follow me and like to piggyback off a of tower. If you don't like hunting, fishing, or to see pictures of my little sweet daughter, then it ain't for you. But, you know, I've got a massive 500 followers. I'm pretty, pretty popular on Instagram. No big deal. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I'm, you know, 10 times, maybe 20 times more than Perry. So that's still. <laughs> yeah, five times at least. Yeah. Yeah, you can follow me at perry.r.eisner, but there's not much to say. I'm not a big social media guy here. What about you, Carter? <laughs> uh, yeah, if you guys want to check me out on Instagram, I'm the homestead underscore GA. Yeah, and don't forget to uh, obviously go like and follow at HuntLifty Official. Um, tons of good content there. Um, plenty of uh, exciting things in the work. And as always, we appreciate the hell out of you guys. Thanks.